When we say something is easy to do, we say it's like taking candy from a baby. But maybe we should say it's like taking the French crown jewels. Because the theft of the French crown jewels was just that easy. I'm Tracy S. Morris, and I am not making this up. The French Revolution is known for its plotting shuffle from monarchy into state-sponsored terror. As elected representatives of the people seized power from the hereditary rulers, they also seized property, including the French crown jewels. After all, the monarchy wouldn't be needing them. Louis XVI was under house arrest under the name Citizen Capet after trying to flee the country the previous year, as was his seven-year-old heir, Louis Charles. Within another year, Louis would be beheaded so he would definitely have no need of those French crown jewels again. What to do with the crown jewels, wondered government officials, though their musings would quickly turn into thoughts like, oh my gosh, the left is staging a coup. Wait, I thought we were the left. Yes, but these people are more left than we are. So the jewels were put on weekly public display in the royal storehouse, and then left mostly unguarded in little wooden boxes at night. What could go wrong? I'm sure everything will be fine. Now, about these wonderful new beheading machines, tell me more. Over five nights, starting on September 11, 1792, a group of thieves crawled through the second-story window of the room where the jewels were held and began taking the gems. Because the seal on the door to the Crown Jewels room hadn't been opened, the patrolling guards assumed that nothing was wrong. By the fifth night, the number of burglars had grown to 50. And since the words 50 people and stealth don't really go hand in hand, the guards heard them and the jig was up. Now, prior to the theft, the collection contained 5,885 diamonds, 1,588 other precious stones, and 488 pearls, including four famous named diamonds, the Regent, the Sensé, the French Blue, and the Hortensia. By the time the thieves were caught, all but $100,000 worth of gems were stolen, including all four of those named gems. Now, most of them were quickly recovered, but the French blue was recut and became what is known as the Hope Diamond. There are several theories as to how so many thieves made off with the gems so easily. The first theory is that the guards were incompetent. That's fair. The revolution was a time of instability, and instability usually means that the least qualified person gets the job. So instead of Sherlock Holmes guarding your gyms, you've probably got the guy who should be saying, do you want fries with that? The second theory is that the theft was an inside job. Well, this may be true too. It would explain how the thieves knew where to look, how to get in, and how they went so long without being discovered. Being a guard probably didn't pay well in revolutionary France. The third theory, and the least likely one in my opinion, is that it was all political. Somebody in power arranged the theft and tried to sell the jewels to pay off an invader, or maybe to make a rival look bad. Um, I think we can pretty much discount this one out of hand the way the inspectors handling the case did. Most of the jewels were quickly found in an attic in Paris. If there had been a mastermind, the gems might not have been found at all. Now, Subsequent French rulers, including the later Bourbon Restoration and earlier Napoleon, 
all added new pieces to the crown jewels. Eventually, the Third French Republic chose to sell off some of those jewels, their thinking being, no crown, no king. The remaining pieces that weren't broken up and sold are now on display in various museums throughout France, including the Louvre. You can go there today and see them on display, but don't expect to try to steal them again. It wouldn't be quite as easy the second time around. Thank you for listening to I Am Not Making This Up. I'm on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much wherever podcasts are found, so subscribe. If you like what you hear, leave a review with your preferred podcast service. That's how other listeners find me. For more bizarre stories I didn't make up and some that I did, go to my website, tracysmorris.com. I post a new history story every Monday. You can also subscribe to my newsletter. I send out an original speculative fiction short story every month. Or check out my short stories and novels there. If you want a good laugh, why not purchase one of my many books, like Bride of Tranquility, a murder mystery set in a haunted hotel during a Renaissance wedding. It's available on Amazon, through Yogdog Press, or through Bain Books. And if you have an improbable history topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me an email at author at tracysmorris.com.